clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Ready? Break! Welcome to simultaneous catch. Wow, I don't, I don't even know what to I say. I am Adam Jeffrey Rossi. That was like the worst. <laughs> I'm, I, the beginning of the episode might be edited, people. Just, just You might never hear some of this, but that's okay. I, I don't know what's happening. Welcome to uh, the Mock Draft The Mock 2020. Draft. I'm I was, excited. It was a fun episode last time. I do. I remember enjoying the Mock Draft and, and talking about it. We, we differed on a lot. I can't remember. I, I was listening to it the other day just to listen to how we did it. And we set an over-under of, like, eight or nine picks that we would differ on or hit on. Okay. Uh, and we got it, but I can't remember if it was, will we match on that many or not match on that many? I feel like it was probably. I had to, um, I feel like it has to make sense that we would match. Match, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think that I we're going to match. Think, you think we're going to match this time? On, no, I, I, I was going to say, I was, the end of that sentence was on less than oh, that Oh, I agree. Time. I don't. I, I don't I, know I feel how like many we'll, we're going to match I on. feel like we'll match the, at least the top three, and then that might be it. Okay. So, but it, it'll be fun. I've done a lot of mock drafts on on my laptop over the past week to lock in what I what I thought. Um, I will say this. So, Nerd. <laughs> so, it, it, it's always hard to do a mock draft because sometimes you want to do what – you think the team should do rather than what you think the team will do. So I will admit there is a little bit of that at times for this where I'm like, I think that they should do this. Okay. Um, because the first mock draft I did, I had Burrow one and I had Tua in the top five, but then I didn't have another quarterback being taken until like the twenties, which is not going to happen in the draft. Yeah. I will say that we're not doing trades, although that might be fun if we want to do that next year let us do trades. That might be fun. I, don't I feel know. like it becomes so It does get crazy. But I will say, like I said, I have, I think I have four quarterbacks in the first round, but I don't really think any, any other than like two of them are going to be taken at the exact pick that I said. I feel like teams like the Colts are going to look to trade up into the first round and get, get one of them or, or, or you know, something like that. So we'll see. But uh, there are no trades in our mock draft. Uh, just, uh, Everybody picking where they are. Yep. Anything else? Uh, you know, I think, you know, it's a, it's one of my favorite times of the year, and 
I think you know it is difficult for us to do these sorts of things based on like what like you were saying what we think they should do versus what will really happen because no one knows what will really happen and I think that's a reason why I like not doing the trades because like last year it's true last year I think you were a little more in on a lot of trades happening than actually did but I don't think like anybody saw like Pittsburgh moving up to get uh their linebacker and, and whatnot so like there's always things that are there are going to be things that we don't see happening yeah. and there are always players or teams that select somebody where the analysts go like oh i had a fourth ground grade on them so like there are names that you don't ever <laughs> expect and that's why it's always exciting when you get to day two and they're yeah. like oh there's like these really big time players who's gonna be able to grab them yeah and i that was something that i ran into a lot in most of my drafts was I would get to pick 32 and I'd sit there and be like, how is this guy, this guy, and this guy not in my first round? But there's only 32 players that get to go in the first round. And there's a lot more than 32 great players in this draft. I think so. so. And I think, like, we were talking about, I don't know exactly what your draft has to say and whatnot, but you were talking mm-hmm. about so many receivers being taken. Yeah. And, like, that's something where I have some wide receivers being taken as well. But I do think that this is such a wide receiver heavy draft that, that people can that they're going to be like, okay, we need to grab this position where it's a little more premium because we can get and, a guy. And I do think that if you and I were the GMs, that's what we would do. I I think that if we were if you and I were GMing a team, we'd be we would be in lockstep on that. I'm interested to see that if NFL GMs are that way or not, because there's going to be at least three if like. Judy's gonna go. CD Lamb's gonna go. Rugs gonna go. Like I can almost guarantee that those three will be in the first round. But I'm saying that I'll be interested to see if there are GMs. It only takes one to be like, no, I want to get our guy. We yeah. love him that much. So I'll be interested to see on Thursday if other guys are just, you know, they they fell in love with the receiver and like this is too good to pass up. I have to take him. So I'll be. I, I'm. I'm. That's probably the position that I'm most intrigued. To pay attention to. Well, there's going to be such an interesting draft because we haven't had anything like this before. Yeah. Not only from the virtual side of it, yeah. which is a very obvious aspect, but the fact that so like teams got to meet with players at the combine, but so many teams didn't get to have players in before and everything were, was shut down. There were only like so. two or three pro days too. So, and a lot of people say that that doesn't really matter. You just always go to the tape. Um, but it, it that I is, think it does matter. Those are the time that a lot of guys get swayed and moved up or moved down because they met with them and then yeah, absolutely. Know. But it, I, I do agree with you. But yeah. I think like that could be a reason why possibly like a position like receiver ha- does have a, a greater run because you're able to see like that physical traits on tape. Right. So right, absolutely. So I, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll be live streaming it. Uh, it'll be a blast. So, but uh, let's get into the mock draft. All right. So with the first overall pick in the 2020 draft, the Cincinnati Bengals on the clock. Maybe they have a delay. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> I'm very, very excited. Do we do we have any dispute over no, what this is going to be? No, it's. It, I think it has to be Joe Burrow. And I don't even think that – obviously, I think it's because he had such a great season and he's going to be a good quarterback. But also, it just, it, it's the right fit. And, I, and, I, and I've heard certain people talk about this before as well and I'm sure we'll talk about it again on on draft day but 
he he's an Ohio kid. He's he, I think he's just got the right personality to be a starting quarterback. He's cool and calm and collected. And I think that him in that Zach Taylor, Sean McVay scheme is a good fit. I think that they'll be able to spread things out. They have good receivers there. I mean, we're obviously assuming that A.J. Green will be healthy, but A.J. Green is going to be on the Bengals next year. They said that. You know, we I, my Madden King, John Ross, is on the team. <laughs> um, <laughs> they've got, you know, the, they, they re-signed Tyler Eifert, which I love because I think of Tyler Eifert's healthy. I don't think they did that. Did They didn't? No. Seriously? No. See, I thought they re-signed him to a one-year deal. No, I'm pretty sure he went somewhere else. I want to look this up, but regardless, I do think that, you know, they have they have Joe Mixon. They have they have weapons on offense. If they get, they get Joe Burrow in there and if they can sure up the offensive line as well in this draft, I think that the Bengals' offense can be pretty solid next year. I agree. I think we've talked about it on episodes past, but I think since he's kind of getting a bad rep, obviously they were. Oh, no, he signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. They were bad enough to get the first overall pick, but right. their offensive line, they're going to get their first round pick from last year coming uh-huh. back healthy. Yeah. So that'll help. Joe Mixon really turned it on at the end of last year. I was high on him when we did our rankings, and I think he is a really really yeah. valuable talent. I know there have been talks about like them shopping him trying to get more offensive line help or whatnot. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Taylor knows that he is a really important offensive cog mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. But I do agree. I think I think Burrow is a, a great fit for not only the team, but I think he's a good fit in that North division where yeah. they always have such head-to-head matchups that I think he kind of just matches like that kind of mold. Obviously, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson kind of like broke what that mold was for so long. Mm-hmm. But I think he'll fit really in mm-hmm. with that crop of QBs really well. Well, and we're talking about just to kind of close the book on Joe Burrow real quick because, I mean, he's obviously had the greatest, if not just one of the greatest college football seasons ever. Um, not even just in terms of winning the Heisman Trophy and the national championship, but going undefeated, beating seven top ten ranked teams. I mean, it's just 60 touchdowns. It's just crazy. Uh, but, I mean, the Bengals – while they had a stretch run there with Andy Dalton, where they were in the playoffs a bunch, the Bengals still haven't won a playoff game since 1990. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens with them, but they need, I don't even call him a savior, but they need a guy to step in and change that. I mean, you think about not only the Andy Dalton years, but the Carson Palmer years, where they were sometimes one in two seeds with Carson Palmer and those offenses, you know, and they never, they didn't win a playoff game since 1990 was the last time. So, there's the Bengals have not been that great for a while, and uh, I I think that the people of Cincinnati, Ohio, are desperate for that. And I I agree. <laughs> I think he will be a very good quarterback, but I do think I, I don't I don't expect for Joe Burrow to get there and have mm-hmm. an Andrew Luck rookie yeah. season where he leads them right to that that playoff berth. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I don't see it either. But uh, you never know. All right, so Washington with the second pick. Are we in lockstep on Chase Young? We are. Okay, yeah. So I've actually heard a lot today, and it was interesting. We were I was watching clips earlier this morning, and you know John Elway mentioned he didn't think there'd be as many trades, which I disagree with. I think they're going to be the, I, again. I could be wrong, but I think there's going to be a lot of trades in the first round this year. I think it's going to be easier to be like, you know what? I'm personally going to call the GM and say, I want your pick. Here's what I'm offering, instead of just like moving it down the chain and it has to go back up the chain and like it just 
you know what I mean? And, and I think a lot of things are going to be in place tomorrow. That that on Wednesday they're going. Why well, I shouldn't say tomorrow because when this is released, it'll probably be on. Like people will be listening on Wednesday. But regardless, I, I think that people will set things in place and it'll just happen on Thursday. Uh, but that being said, you know I don't think Washington trades out of this pick. I just think that Chase Young's such a great player. Uh, he's just you need after you get a quarterback. Excuse me, you need pass rusher. You know what I mean? It's the I think it's the second most important position in the NFL. So he's just he's one of the highest graded defenders in the last couple of years. And I think you throw him right in there with Ron Rivera's defense, and they already have a decent defense. I think from last year they have pieces and you throw chase young in there and then they're just a really good defense i agree i agree with you about chase young i agree about the kind of plug in place Mm -hmm. uh i know you were talking the last few weeks or whatnot about how washington does already have a good defense in place that they don't necessarily need chase young Mm -hmm. but i do agree that i think washington's going to stay at place at two I don't see as many trades happening as you do, but okay. especially not like these top tier ones. No, honestly, I don't see that either. Because, well, because I'm getting really—I don't want to say annoyed. It's not annoyed, but I think it's mm-hmm. silly that like all these articles are coming out of oh, Washington's taking calls about two. Well, of course they are. Every team anywhere is taking calls about everything and anything that they're doing. That's right. normal. That doesn't mean they're going to do it, but just because p- people are talking mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. Like. We sit there and talk about what we want for dinner, but that doesn't mean we get all the options that we're doing. <laughs> right. Usually we just go with the first thing that we said we were going to do. Right. And I think that's what's going to happen, especially here in Washington. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move to the third pick and go ahead. Yep. So I think we're probably in agreement with this one too. I mean, maybe not. This is usually when the the draft has started to get quote-unquote interesting especially mm-hmm. people being like oh detroit's trading out which they're not i think mm-hmm. that'd be very very silly but i have uh, jeff kuda cornerback from ohio state going there i think they need to replace big play slay i think matt patricia is just that defensive-minded coach where they did a lot to address the defensive front which i think could be a way they go i know a lot of people are talking about them grabbing uh defensive tackle brown perhaps but i think they do go and they need to especially with the division they're in they still have to face aaron Rodgers and they have to face kirk cousins Mm -hmm. and and whatnot so i think grabbing that cornerback is is an important thing and i think akuda is the number one in this draft yep i have jeff akuda as well i think that we could be surprised and i think somebody could trade to this pick because i think that i think that Yes, Detroit. I mean, they, they signed Desmond Trufant after they traded away Darius Slay, which doesn't just fix it, but Desmond Trufant's a solid corner. Uh, I think that they this could be a prime spot for somebody to leapfrog uh, teams like the Chargers and the Dolphins, who people assume are taking quarterbacks. I think that this is a good spot for them to hop right up, take that quarterback, and then... Detroit can drop down just a little bit, you know? So we'll see what happens, but I do, I'm not going to be shocked if this is the first trade of the draft is at three. Um, but I do have Jeff Okuda. He's he's the best corner in the draft, and you're right. They they, they have a, a really good front seven, and if you sure up the back end, you know we know their offense is good with Matt Stafford. This team could be a, a surprise next year. 
See, I, I agree with you in saying that I don't think it'd be shocking if it was traded, but I really do believe that Martha Washington, or Washington, Martha Ford over there in Detroit, I think she's saying we need to win football games. I think she's tired of yeah. not winning football games, especially yeah. after her husband passed away a few years ago. And I don't think that Patricia thinks he has the time to to try to stay around. I think he knows he needs to start resulting and pretty good results and, and, or he's going to be gone. The, it would seem from just looking at the roster that it's a team that should be winning, that should be battling for the division and then winning playoff games. So uh, if they don't, if, if Detroit doesn't win this year, they're going to strip everything down the next year. So we'll see what happens. But I'm saying that if Detroit doesn't make the playoffs this year, everybody gets fired and they are in rebuild mode. That's what I see. Okay. But we'll see what happens. All right. And here's the fourth pick. So I think that this is where we're going to differ all right. And I don't know when we're going to meet up again, so this might be fun. Oh, here we go. But I have the New York Giants taking Tristan Wirfs, offensive Ooh. tackle, out of Iowa. Okay. I think Wirfs is probably the best tackle in in the draft, in my opinion. Okay. Um, there are obviously other ones, like Makai Becton and Andrew Thomas. Like There are obviously other offensive linemen, uh, Jedrick Willis. You know that there's there's a lot there's there's a lot of good linemen in this draft, which is good for a lot of teams. But uh, I just think that as much as people have linked linebacker here, edge rusher here, uh, which makes sense, they do need that. But I just think that you, if you believe in your quarterback that you t- that you took, uh, you like some of the weapons that you're able to put around him, then you need to make sure he's protected and has time to operate the offense. So you have to go offensive line, and I say it's Tristan Wirfs. Okay, yep, I do not agree. Uh, I have them selecting Isaiah Simmons out of LSU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think when they did have the combine, when everyone was still able to get together, they had all the head coaches come on and Mm -hmm. talk, and Joe Judge, newly signed head coach of the Giants, he came from New England. He was asked, who do you want to draft? He said, I want to draft a football player, and I think that's exactly what Isaiah Simmons is. Dude, 6'4", he ran a sub-440 40-yard dash so he could fly. Uh, No, I didn't even – so, like, when I was making my list, I have, like, the positions everyone plays. Mm -hmm. I do not have that next to Isaiah Simmons just because I think he's that versatile. Yeah. And so I think that really is uh, something – he is a player that's going to be able to come in and and help them exponentially, I think. I agree, and I completely understand what you're saying about getting getting that lineman in front of Daniel Jones and Mm -hmm. and Saquon. But I honestly don't think there were too many times that, I mean, there were rookie growing pains and mm-hmm. Saquon didn't play the entire year. But I think there was a lot of times that if the Giants had gotten this stop, this stop, or this stop, it would have given those guys more opportunities to continue growing, to yeah. continue putting up points that wouldn't yep. have resulted in all the losses that they had. Mm-hmm. So I think getting a player that you can have at the roaming linebacker, if you want to put him back at safety, you can. That's what I think that uh, Joe Judge is going to want to bring over from his New England days and get that there for for his New York team. Yeah, that it makes it makes total sense, and I'm not going to be surprised if you're right and I'm wrong. I just I wouldn't be surprised uh, if yeah, you're right. So so we'll see what happens, but uh, I think that once you have your quarterback in place, you have to make sure the offensive line is there, and that's definitely one of their, if not their biggest need. And I think that if they were in a position where the top offensive 
Lyman wasn't there, then they'd be like, you know what, let's take Isaiah Simmons because he's one of the best players left. But they're going to have their pick of the litter of any single tackle or lineman. And I just think that that's what they're going to do. So okay. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's move to Miami. Who you got on your team on the clock at number five? <laughs> at number five, I have the Dolphins taking Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Whoa. Yeah, I think this is going to be... Um, the audio on that, whoa, it looks really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just going to be very, very fascinating to see what Miami does. And I think both uh, GMs for Miami and uh, L.A. have been coming out and doing smokescreen galore as to what they're expecting to happen. I don't know if you've heard or seen anything about this, but like Greer for Miami was talking about how durability is not really that big a deal to them. It's more about what they've seen productive-wise and vice versa for, yeah. for LA and I think that's just all complete BS. I think they're just trying they're just to playing with each other, yeah. People of what's going to happen and who's really important. But uh as much as like I, I've wanted to uh for, for so long, I've talked about it and I, yeah. I think he's still a really good fit. But I'm thinking about what uh, Brian Flores tries bringing to to the team and I think that the mold of a Justin Herbert six six uh can throw fifty yards flat-footed i think they want to go out and get their own josh allen to uh compete with josh allen i think they get that with justin herbert so so as a let me get the miami fan perspective though if you're if you're not looking at this as a as an analyst or as a podcaster about football and you're just a fan you're just a dolphins fan watching the draft and they say justin herbert on on thursday at draft night i mean what's your how do you feel about it yeah, no, I, I think, and I've talked to, like I talk about a lot when I talk to my dad about the Dolphins, just because that's kind of his team if he follows anything football, sort of. I was telling him that I don't really care which quarterback is taken as long as one of them, because I know a lot of people have the Dolphins taking somebody else at five and like grabbing Herbert at 18, which I don't think he would fall that far, especially when you're talking about like teams possibly trading up. But I want them to get that guy that you're able to be all in about. I guess I could see Miami taking somebody else with like their first three picks and then grabbing somebody like a Jake Frum, which I honestly like Jake Frum a lot. But it's just not – I want to get what I consider one of those top-tier guys that you can really rally around. I know a lot of people are talking and comparing Justin Herbert to Ryan Tannehill, which I honestly kind of hate. Not because they're talking about Ryan Tannehill – because I think he is a good player, but I don't really see why the comparisons are being made. Tannehill was a one-year starter that transitioned from wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Herbert has been a quarterback through and through. He went back his senior year when he didn't have to because right. he wanted to go back and, and perform better, and he got their t- his team to the Rose Bowl, which is obviously a pretty big accomplishment. It's not going to the championship game or anything like you would ultimately hope for, but I think he's a bigger, stronger prospect than Tannehill coming out so uh, he can move around I think he really does have a lot higher of a ceiling than I think the casual fan thinks about uh my my thing about Herbert is what, what I'm what, what worries me about him I think I mean, he seems like a good kid uh, obviously he has all the talent it's just that I can't point to a signature game for him and not even a signature game i can't point to a couple of games where he just completely balled out you know what i mean like there are like 
even against lower competition, I can't really look at a game and be like, you know what, that was the game that Justin Herbert just dominated. He had like five touchdowns there. And obviously that's not, you don't have to have that to be a great player. But I'm just saying that this high in the draft, if I'm looking at a quarterback, I want to, like, I want that wow factor. I want, oh, Joe Burrow threw six touchdowns in the championship game or the game leading to the championship game, something like that. You know what I mean? And I just I don't I don't see I haven't I, I I can't point to anything with Justin Herbert that he just dominated something, in my opinion. I think Justin Herbert uh, dominated the Senior Bowl. He did. He did. Yeah. Was it? Wasn't he the Senior Bowl MVP? Uh, I think he may have. Been. I think he. Yeah. But you're right. Like I said, I so I don't I I, I do like Justin Herbert. I just I think the Dolphins stick and take to a tug of Viola right here. That's who I have them taking. I just think that that's not who you thought I was going to have them take. What? That's not who you saw me having them take? What do you mean? Because you were like, we're not going to match again for a while. Well, so I I said we might not match for a while. But, you know, I, I, I thought you weren't even going to give him a quarterback. I thought you were going to be oh, okay. in the category of I'm just going to take a player here and take a quarterback later. But regardless, I just – I we've talked about Tua on the show, and we both are in agreement that we think that he's going to have a better career than Joe Burrow is. And I'm sticking with that, and I just think the Dolphins say, you know what, I don't care. We have Ryan Fitzpatrick. We can roll with him for another year. We won five games with uh, worst roster last year, so let's just roll with Fitz for another year, and then Tua can come in and be our our quarterback of the future. I just think it's I just think it's smart. Yeah, you know, if that obviously happens, I'm not going to be like, oh man, right, because <laughs> he's a player that I really really like. Yeah, I just uh, the more that I I think about it and study it and and think about just ceilings floors medical history everything i just mm-hmm. don't see that being the quarterback that flores hitches himself to that makes sense that makes sense all right so let's move on to the sixth overall pick and i will say i'm gonna call i'm calling an audible right here because here's my here's my problem with this pick as i know so many people give them a quarterback okay. i know that. and i have in my in my mock i wrote a quarterback but I, I'm changing it right now. I'm calling it audible because here's my thing. Okay. Anthony Lynn has said multiple times that he's all in with Tyrod Taylor this year. He said it multiple times. He's stuck to it. And I know that could just be a smoke screen so that he can get his quarterback here. I, I, I know that that's a possibility. But I believe Anthony Lynn when he says that he's all in on Tyrod. And if he is, then that means that L.A. just takes the best player available right here. And to me, it's Isaiah Simmons. I think that they will look at this and say, we shut up the offensive line. We have these weapons on offense still. We've got great pieces on defense. Let's just take Isaiah Simmons right here, plug him right in anywhere we need him to play, and we can be right back right there. They, I think they believe in Tyrod Taylor, and I, we, I've, I've mentioned this to many people, that Tyrod's best season as a pro was when Anthony Lynn was his coordinator. So I, I just think that I just think that it's a, a a good fit with Isaiah Simmons there, especially if he's not taken earlier. Um, and yeah, I well because the other part about this was that I had LA taking a quarterback, I had them taking Herbert, but then Isaiah Simmons fell a lot, and just and you were talking about him, and I was like, there's no way Simmons falls as far as I have him. Okay. So, you know, and I just think that L.A. sees that, and L.A. does believe in Tyrod, and they'll draft a quarterback later. I just think that this high up, if you actually do believe and are in on the quarterback you have on your roster, then you don't waste the pick on a quarterback this high. 
Okay, yeah, I, I mm. like that a lot, especially if he falls. If Simmons does get to six and mm-hmm. LA is able to take him, if you yeah. combine uh, a Simmons with uh, Derwin James, and that's oh, yeah. that's terrifying and that's awesome. I, I love it. So if I didn't have Miami taking Herbert, if Tua does go there, mm-hmm. I don't. I have LA taking Tua. Okay. Uh, but that would obviously change if he goes to five. I don't think that they would take Herbert at six. I think something else would happen. Okay. But with yeah. how this has gone, I do have them taking Tua. Mm-hmm. I do think you're right with Lynn coming out and being saying that he's behind Tarod. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I think when it comes down to it, there are so – I think – I do believe Lynn when he says that. I mm-hmm. don't think that's all smokescreen, but I think that the ultimate decision doesn't get to come down to Lynn in that in that example. And I was talking earlier about how uh, Tom Tedesco, the GM for for LA, is coming out and talking about what's important to them and what's not and et cetera. But I, I, that is the smokescreen to me, not Lynn saying that he's behind okay. Taylor. It's that – even if Lynn does say, okay, we're going to go in with this quarterback, that doesn't mean they're going to not take a quarterback, that's especially fair. if that it's makes, like yeah, Tua, fair. because I think if they are planning things together, it's like, okay, we're going to get this redshirt guy that he's not going to play. That's okay. I'm behind this quarterback. He's going to play anyways. That's fair. And I and, think. And in terms of style of play and even stature, Tarad's a great player for Tua to learn from. I agree. And, and obviously, you can't necessarily forecast what would happen a year but i think having the weapons like a hunter henry and a keenan allen mike williams that would fit really well with a Tua kind of offense absolutely so absolutely. that's who I, I do have them sticking at six but if it does flip where Tua does go five i don't have them taking a quarterback okay. and if it did happen right. where simmons fell that would be a great pick yeah absolutely all right, uh, so let's go pick number seven. I feel like I know you just did the Chargers first, but uh, I want to hear. I feel like you're a kind of pseudo Carolina fan. Sort of. We might we we might match on this one because I think that I'm going with Derek Brown, and I think that a lot of people have mocked Derek Brown to Carolina. I think it just makes sense. I think that you know, shoot, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, uh, Matt Rule is just wants to build from the ground up, so he wants to build line to line. They have a pretty decent offensive line already. Obviously, they just had a running back that broke all kinds of records, so you have to have a pretty good offensive line for that. Um, and I think that he looks at that and is like, okay, I have a decent offense. Uh, I, I have Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, a lot of uh, there are a lot of people who think that they might take a quarterback here. I don't think that they will. So interesting. I, I think that they I go, haven't heard that too much. I think that they go defensive line and I think they take the best defensive lineman there and it's Derek Brown you know I just think that their defense was totally decimated by retirement and free agents free agents leaving uh, and I just think that he has a chance to be a foundational player right in the middle of that defense yeah I am in agreement with you I also have Derek Brown out of Auburn I do this is a, a pivot pick for me where I was like really thinking about what I wanted them to do because you were talking about having a pretty defense, a decent offensive line. They obviously lost a Turner, so they do have that question mark at yeah. the guard, if you want to call it that, uh, which I think you could obviously call it that. So I really thought about going with a different player as well, but I do think that you nailed it on the head with how much they lost on the defensive side where mm-hmm. they kind of need to find that identity a little bit again. So getting... Mm-hmm a true blue chip player where they can plug and play and have that face, I think is really, really important. Without a doubt. Especially when you're thinking about the quarterbacks in that division, they're going to have to rush those passers and you're not going to do that with uh, an offensive lineman. And you're in a division now with Tom Brady too. So 
you know, we talk about every year with the AFC East that Tom Brady's biggest kryptonite is if you get pressure right up the middle because he, he's not going to run around the edges anywhere. So if you get a guy right down the middle could push the pocket right up to him, then he's going to struggle. All right, let's go to eight where I'm really curious to see what you have because the player I have mocked here, you already have gone, so I'm, I'm excited. Okay. So I have Carolina selecting Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. Okay. Who I obviously isn't the first offensive lineman. Oh, wait, yes, he is the first so, offensive lineman I have taken. For you, yes. For me. He's also your first offensive lineman. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, so I do think... Uh, he is one of the best, but not only from the tackle position. I think this is a player that could slide into guard. And when you're thinking about uh, Kyler Murray, uh, all of the amazing physical attributes that he can bring, I think getting uh, one of those anchors in front of him is a really, really important thing to help unlock the full potential of that offense. Yeah, and you, you know, I would have had them taking a receiver here if they hadn't have made that move for Hopkins. Okay. But, you know, they don't need that. Their offense is really set to go. They have a good defensive pieces with Chandler Jones still sitting there. And, uh, you know, they I think they signed a cornerback, too. I can't think of who it is off the top of my head. But I do think that they could have looked at corner here as well. But I have them taking – I will, you know, Arizona gave DJ Humphreys a three-year extension – and if they took a guy like Worfs, they could just shore up that right tackle. But I already have Worfs going, so I have Micaiah Becton, Louisville offensive tackle, being taken here. Dude is six seven, three hundred and sixty pounds. I mean, he's just a mountain. Um, but if you watch him and you watch him at the combine, like he moves like a dude that's a hundred pounds thinner than that. Like he's just got great. And he blew up the combine. Yeah, he's got just great footwork, balance, strength, speed for especially for a lineman. So I think that. They could plug him right there at right tackle and 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 get going because you know right tackle is really important in an offense like Cliff Kingsbury's with a right-handed quarterback. That's a, I know that's a, a strange statement, but what I mean by that is that they run a lot of the RPOs, and when you're running an RPO, you need the right tackle that's able to be agile enough to, if it's handed off, can quickly and go or be ready just to pass block if they're throwing. So, yeah. So I, I think it's really important there. And, you know, with I would have them taking Worfs if he were there, but instead I have them taking Mekhi Becton and feeling real, real good about it. Yeah, no, that'd be a, a great <laughs> pick if, if Worfs isn't there. I know we talked a little bit about Beckton a few days ago. Yeah. I, I have a lot of red flags about him. So do a uh, lot of the So GMs I have him like. falling down the board a little bit. I okay. do think he does have the talent, the frame, everything. Like mm-hmm. I said, he blew up the combine, and I think he does have all that athletic ability. But I do think we've seen players in the past that have had athletic ability where they mm-hmm. have had the red flags that has pushed them down the board. So I, I do have him being taken, but down the board a little bit and behind some names that I don't think mm-hmm. you would typically expect. But I think if it does go that way, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a bad pick. Absolutely. So we move on to Jacksonville, who has 12 draft picks in this draft. And well, good, could add they're, more. They're running, they're running everybody out of town, so they're probably going to need them. <laughs> so um, I have them taking C.J. Henderson out of Florida, cornerback. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think they, they got rid of Ramsey. Excuse me. They they shipped out uh, Bouye as well up to Denver. So those those important uh, lockdown corners that were part of Saxonville are no longer there. I think you need to go back and get a guy. 
I think you get a guy that stays in state. Uh, he's my second-ranked corner of the draft, 6'1". Uh, had a little bit of a down year, I think, this year compared to last year, uh, but I don't think that is something that's too concerning to me, and I think he is just a really good plug-and-play player for Jacksonville. I think that I do think that corners are important, uh, and that'd be a good pick. And I know that they got rid of their top two and all that jazz. Um, but in my opinion, what matters more is the rush because you can have the best corners in the NFL, but if you're not getting any pressure, eventually a receiver gets open. It, you just you can't cover guys for ten seconds. So I think that if you just have the best pass rush that you can have, you can have you know B corners or C corners and still get by. Okay. So I think that they sit there and they just go with edge rusher from LSU. I'm going to mess this up. Kalevon Shazon. I think that's how you say it. I feel like that was pretty good. But I just think that, you know, he's, he's, he's raw. He's an explosive pass rusher. He's only going to get better the more that he plays this season. So I, I think that he's the second best edge edge player in this draft class behind Chase Young. And I think that you plug him right there in with Josh Allen, who they took last year, and then people can be real terrified of, you know, you could bring Saxonville back, you know. So I just think that you put him in there with the, their front seven already. They can fill in corner later in the draft and be really, really solid. They have enough picks that they can get the other areas. And I just think it's more important to have a fearsome pass rush than it is to have um, the best corners. Yeah, that's very, very fair. I uh, think I, I don't agree with you one bit. I said, or did I say, did I say agree with you? Well, obviously, I don't agree with you. I don't no. disagree with you. Oh, that's is what, what you I said. meant to say. I, you were like, I don't agree with you. Well, one I don't bit. agree with you because obviously I <laughs> right. have a different position, but right, I do right. think I understand what you're saying about yeah. the pass rush. I don't necessarily agree that if you have a great pass rush, you can have bad corners. Well, not, I didn't say bad corners. You said C corners. That's pretty not good. I don't think C is bad. C is a passing <laughs> C, grade. C's get degrees. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you do have Josh Allen, who you took last D's year. D's get degrees. My uh, DM math says And I that. know he doesn't want to be there, obviously, after we're seeing everything that's happening on Twitter and everything. But they still have Yannick there. And whether or not he does get traded or whatnot before Thursday or shortly thereafter, or I don't know. During. <laughs> it's very possible. I do think you do have good pass rushers. I do think we, we discussed uh, Chason earlier on. Uh, because we are watching something where he was drafted to another team. They had him listed as linebacker. I talked to you about how I do see him more as an edge rusher mm -hmm. compared to a typical linebacker. So I do think he'd be a good player in that position, in that system. But I do think mm -hmm. you have those players right now a little bit, whether or not they both stay. But you have nobody a corner because you shipped him out. So that's just why I have the cornerback prioritized for Jacksonville Absolutely. right now. That makes sense. Um, all right, let's go. What's next is Cleveland, right? Cleveland Browns at number 10. We uh, are cruising. We'll see. I, I'm interested in if if we both have – I have them taking a lineman. Do you have them taking a lineman? I do have them taking a lineman. Okay, so I you you might have them taking Mekhi Becton, but I already had him gone. So I have them taking Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Okay. Uh, I – Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Andrew Thomas can play both right and left. He's played in he played both in college at times. Uh, and there are I mean, there are teams that consider him the top tackle in the draft, especially because of his versatility in that way. But I just I think that he's a he's a solid plug and play player. Uh, and he may be considered the third best 
in my draft because I have him going third, but I just think the versatility for Cleveland is important uh, because really, if you look at that roster head to toe, all they need is offensive line help. I mean, obviously they're going to fill depth other places and take players and some of them are going to play, but I think that really they could take every pick, be an offensive lineman and be fine. (laughs) Uh, What a GM Rossi thing to say. Make that joke numerous times a year with different teams. I Every do. person's going to be a wide receiver. I do. How many times did we hear that about Buffalo? Uh, so I don't have them taking Thomas. I have them taking Wills out of Alabama. Oh, okay. I think they just get that really big guy that's going to uh, slide in there next to Conklin to uh, continue shoring those things up. Uh, but I agree with you. I think they have a lot of other really, really solid positions filled where they kind of just need to grab this we t- obviously talked about conklin mm-hmm. coming in in free agency and that helps a lot by yeah. going and getting another guy is not going to be a bad thing especially to get your bookends to kind of retool that position i think i think one way or another we will see them take the offensive lineman which means they're probably yeah. going to take safety <laughs> or a quarterback yes uh, um all right so now we get to the jets you can start with the Jets because I'm very, very interested to see who you have them. Casey and the Jets. Okay. Yep. So I, this is the pick where I, I almost know for a fact it's not going to happen the way I have it mocked. Oh, okay. Uh, but that doesn't mean I, – I feel like I have rationale as to why I have this position being mocked here. Okay. Um, but this is where I see a trade happening. Okay. Um. I think I could see this player really being in New York, probably not mm-hmm. at 11, but I have Josh Jones out of Houston coming okay. to the Jets. I okay. think he is not being talked about in the tier of top offensive tackles. Some people are having him there, but a lot of people aren't. But I think this is just an athlete. He had a great senior bowl. That A lot of people talked about how great he, he was at the senior bowl. And I know a lot of people have wide receiver going to New York, but the reason I, I don't, and I think that makes a lot of sense, is because I'm thinking about Adam Gase. And Adam Gase is obviously a coach that I'm fairly familiar with, but they never really took that kind of player with Adam Gase. And I think last year he was hands-off with the draft where they didn't really get uh, the results out of the rookies that he would have wanted. So I feel like he's going to be more involved. So I see them taking a, a player like Jones, like I said, I feel like this could be a trade back situation uh, where they kind of grab that there. But I would not be surprised if Josh Jones wound up as a New York Jet. Yeah, I and that that makes total sense to me. But I could not tell you who the New York's number one receiver is. Well, especially who is it? Yeah, I, um, yeah. I you know don't, what I mean? I can't even name Quincy it. Which is big for is Quincy a new one even on the team still, or is he just injured? Pretty sure he's still on the. You team. know what I mean? Like I don't even know. So we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. So. Is it Jamison Crowder? Um, Had that amazing week one. So, yeah, 14 catches for 99 yards. Um, so I have them taking Jerry Judy here, who's my best receiver in the draft. I just Ooh, okay. He's he's the best route runner in the draft class, and I just think that you give him to Sam Darnold, and that'll give me headaches every time we play because <laughs> I don't want to see that. But I just think that that's a slam dunk pick for them. They get to – I mean, even if it's not Judy, they're in a great spot where nobody before them had a desperate need for a wide receiver – so they're able to say, who's our favorite one? Take them, you know, which is a good spot to be in. So I do have uh, Jerry Judy going here, and that starts my run on receivers that I you've told me you don't have. So <laughs> so we'll see what happens, but I do have Jerry Judy going there. I think wide receiver makes a lot of sense, especially, I mean, like after they lost Robbie Anderson, mm-hmm. and not to say that anybody there before was like a, a true bona fide number one wide receiver, 
But I think about New York last year, and like I said, they didn't have a true number one. But I think about that quote that so famously got blown up when Sam Darnold came out and said he was seeing ghosts and whatnot. And it was not that even if they lacked a true number one, it wasn't like nobody was ever getting wide open. I think he was just being pressured too much to feel comfortable. So I think you grab that That's offensive a great lineman point. to make Darnold more comfortable because I think sort of what you talked about with corners, mm-hmm. you don't need to always have a Julio Jones to be successful. I think you can have yep. a guy get open, but you need to have your quarterback be comfortable. Yeah, and so. that goes back to your point that you made at the top of the pod where you said there are a lot of good receivers in this draft that can take them later. So you get filled with other spots sooner, which makes total sense. It really does. And I think that if I were if I were the Jets, I'd probably still take Judy just because I love Judy so much. But I would be hard pressed to just take a a, a good lineman too. So it makes sense to me. Like that you uh, called but. it the pod. <laughs> Look how hip we are. I'm trying some new verbiage. Uh, so now we go. <laughs> That's not even a verb. <laughs> That's the noun. <laughs> so verbiage is only for verbs. I guess you could say verbiage is just the language. See, I'm. I really, I've never thought of it that way. But it, it but was, I get. I I guess it sounds like a mistake. You, I would when make you interpreted for a when you said that <laughs> sentence. I interpreted that as like you were saying like we're potting, but that's not really what you said. So well, I was also mistaken. I, well, as you said, it sounds like a mistake I, I would make my whole life, and nobody would correct me. Kind of like how I, how, but I, I, how I thought I think, Washington was. I think I I say those sorts of things too. Like I use verbiage as like a use of language as well. So, oh well. Well, I have, like I said, I have a run on receivers going here. So I have Oakland taking C.D. Lamb, uh, who a lot of people have as the number one receiver in the draft. Yeah. Uh, I just think that uh, teams going to Las Vegas, they got a lot of questions. But you take C.D. Lamb, and John Gruden has an immediate playmaker, and he can. You get with Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Um, he's a tough receiver. He had an incredible year in Oklahoma with Jalen Hurts, at quarterback. Uh, he averaged more than 20 yards of reception last year. Uh, a lot of people will talk about can he consistently beat press coverage because he did struggle with that sometimes in the Big 12. Uh, so or, or I, I should say that he didn't see it a lot in the Big 12, so we, don't, we didn't see – if he was able to consistently beat that. Yeah. Um, but he's a tough kid, and he's a, he's a great jump ball receiver and great after the catch as well. So so we'll see what happens. But I just think that, you know, Oakland's going to win the Super Bowl with Marcus Mariota this year. They're going to need C.D. Lamb. Wow. <laughs> For those of you who don't listen, uh, I love Marcus Mariota. So yeah, we all know. I'm being hyperbolic. But uh, they, need a, they need a receiver, especially considering that they – sent off, you know, Amari Cooper a couple years ago. So I just think that you pair him with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Zay Jones, and that's a pretty good off. I think you mean to say that you're being sarcastic. I was being hyperbolic. (laughs) Now we're just going to make jokes. You're going to correct all my All of them. All my verbiage. All the verbiage. (laughs) So we have our fifth uh, mutual selection of the 2020 draft because I also have Oakland taking CeeDee Lamb, who is my number one wide receiver in this draft. I think he is a really good hands catcher. I think they tried last year with the Antonio Brown experiment. It Mm -hmm. obviously did not work whatsoever but so they go out and get their number one guy this year with cd lamb i think he is just uh the overall uh best prospect this year and i think that's really saying something for such a talented 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 group yeah, yeah, yeah. of wide receivers throughout the entire class not just the first round but the dude's 6'3 i think like i said he is a true hands catcher i think it's weird to make 
this comparison, especially when considering he's done nothing in the NFL, but he does remind me of your favorite receiver in the league, DeAndre Hopkins. I think yeah, he doesn't that's... have he. We will see what he can do when a guy's right there, but I can see him using that frame going up and mm-hmm. catching it above his head. So I think getting that for Marcus Mariota is going to be helpful uh, with their first of two second first round picks mm-hmm. uh, so they can get to that Super Bowl with Mariota. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't uh, – I'm I'm surprised that we both had that, uh, but that's that's fun. I think I do think that they go receiver even if it's not CeeDee Lamb. Like even if Judy's there and they like Judy, they think – you know what I mean? I do think they'll just take – you know, I agree. I still have Judy available in mine. Well, my I'm, also, draft, so. I'm also just not going to be shocked if John Gruden says I want the speed and goes Henry Ruggs either. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, so yeah, they ooh. certainly, as we we're talking about, there being so many talented wide receivers. Like you had the Jets selecting the first one. Mm-hmm. I have Oakland selecting theirs. But mm-hmm. so if New York doesn't take their wide receiver, mm-hmm. then Gruden and Mayock do have their yeah. pick of the crop. So yeah. Uh, and then that that leads me to like I said I had a run of receivers going here. San Francisco loses Emmanuel uh, Emmanuel Sanders in free agency, and you know the, all they have Debo Samuel who they really like, but other than that they don't have a ton of guys. Obviously they have Marquise Goodwin, but Marquise Goodwin is off hurt. So talking about trading them, yeah, and they're talking about getting rid of him. So I think that they take Henry Ruggs here oh, out of Alabama. Okay, Alabama. I just you know Henry Ruggs can score from literally anywhere on the field. He's just that fast. You can throw him a little bubble screen. If he gets one, maybe two blocks, he's gone. He can run past almost anybody. Uh, he had there. People were talking about that he was going to break the forty yard dash record. Uh, I mean, he was a couple of. It sounds silly to say that like a couple of tenths off isn't super close to breaking it but those tenths matter absolutely they do. <laughs> um so he didn't quite break it but he had a, a blazing speed by far the fastest in the combine this season yep um but i just think that uh san francisco doesn't really have a ton of needs so they go here i actually don't think san francisco takes a pick here i will say that okay i think if they sit pat rugs is the guy but i think this is a place where somebody trades to 13 and says i'm getting my quarterback why in your opinion was it to get more picks in the future why did they specifically want this pick versus maybe another player that they could have gotten from mindy i don't think they wanted to use it i think that they just really weren't it's interesting i think that it was i don't think it was a matter of uh what's the word i'm looking for I don't think it was part of the plan. I think it was just we're not re-signing this guy. We're not going to give him the money, and Indy wanted him, and this was the best offer. You know what I mean? I, maybe they did offer him player, and you know San Francisco just didn't want that. I think they were like, you know what, thirteenth overall pick, that's great value for a player. We weren't going to sign anyway. Okay, we'll take it. You know what I mean? That's fair. Yeah. And there's a lot of talks that San Francisco says they don't even want to take a first round pick this year. They said that they would like to trade both their picks and just live later in the draft and you know bank up for next season possibly. So okay. we'll see what happens. But I I don't I don't think that they take the pick here. I think somebody trades up here, which is ironic because I think that Indy right here would have taken a quarterback. So maybe they trade back to thirteen. Who knows? But I I do think a trade happens at this pick. Uh, if not, I say them just take rugs. Okay. So here we go. We have our sixth mutual player. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I have uh, Henry Ruggs also going to San Fran here. I think they that will select me. a player. I think if they do trade out, that'll be 31. Right. I think they will use the pick that they got for the Buckner trade. Okay. Uh, but 
and this is maybe semi-controversial, especially considering I have Judy still on the board, but I do have Ruggs going first, the first Alabama wideout. Not to say I don't think that Ruggs is a better wide receiver than Judy. I think it's that that speed always pushes wider, especially wide receivers up. We've seen it in years past. We've seen it with a, a John Ross who people are like, oh yeah, he's he's pretty good. And then he ran his blazing 40 time and then became a top 10 Top 10 pick, right? Yeah, they took him. I wanted to say it was 10th overall. I was going to say, I couldn't remember if it was like 11 or 12, but I know it's pretty high up there. So I think uh, Shanahan there saw that uh, Tyree Kill was one of the primary reasons that they lost the Super Bowl. And I think he wants to get his own guy that's able to do that sort of thing. I do agree with you that they really love what they got in D. Bill Samuel, but adding another guy especially if they lost Sanders, who really their team took off after that trade, mm-hmm. is is really, really important in my and opinion. And Debo's a fast guy too. Uh, so I, I think you put Ruggs and Debo right there on other sides. It's going to be really hard. They're, like To defend that, you're going to have to have two safeties deep. And the more safeties you pull out of the box against San Francisco, the more San Francisco just pounds you to the ground with their run game. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you were right; he ran a four-two-seven, so the fastest in the in the combine this year. But imagine with the creativity we've already seen out of Shanahan. So we have Debo, and so if we have a, an end around with Debo, and then double around comes the other. <laughs> you know, there's just you could do so much endless things. So you're, I I love that pick, and I'm surprised we matched on it. So that's six now. That's that's fun. It is six. I don't remember how. I don't know how many we had last year. I'll, we'll also check it and talk about it when we live stream. But now we head to the Bucks, and the Bucks made the big splash in this off season by signing Tom Brady. So what do they do next? They take an offensive lineman, Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle, Alabama. Okay, you had him going okay. earlier. I have him going now. I just think that they need a guy to protect Tom Brady. He's forty three years old, and another team that doesn't have a ton of needs because we talked about how their defense was top 10 in the second half of the season last year. Yeah. They have more than enough weapons on offense. And, you know, I, they're going to take a running back in this draft, but you don't, I don't think you take a running back this high, especially when you do have needs on the offensive line. Absolutely. So they take who the best lineman available is. And right now in my mock draft, it's Jedrick Wills. All right. I dig that. Yeah. Uh, I also agree with you. Offensive lineman. Obviously, I have Wills going. So I talked about Beckton falling. This is where I have him falling, too. I think it's a great spot. there's a lot going on with him. Like you were talking about a six seven athletic alien out of Louisville. And so there were some concerns with like drug tests coming back negative to combine. You don't necessarily know what any of that means, especially right. at the combine. But there are people... Oh, uh, questioning his love of football and we were talking the other day about whether or not that's just smoke screens and nobody really cares but I think they do care but I think for a Bruce Arians he's the kind of coach where you inspire players he has shown to be very open-minded we talked about that uh, on a few episodes ago and I think so when these kind of things happen if he a player like Becton falls to a, a Bruce Arians in Tampa you absolutely I was going to say turn the card in, but I don't think that's a, a thing this year. But whatever you do, you hit the enter button and send the IM. I don't really know what you're doing, but you absolutely <laughs> get that guy. You absolutely get that guy to protect Brady because I think you're right. There aren't a whole lot of needs, but we talked about offensive line and that pressure that Brady might face with not absolutely. being as mobile as Jameis, and yeah. you need to get that guy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm in agreement with that. And I will say a note on Becton is uh, one of we I've talked about it before, one of my favorite uh, analysts is Mina Kimes and she's great on Twitter. She's super funny. 
she said when they came out, there was an article that said the whole questions on Becton and that he might fall. She just put moves Becton up five spots on my own board because I don't believe it for a second. I think that we saw how much of an athletic freak he is. I think people love this kid. And I think that there's like, oh, yeah, maybe he doesn't like football. Uh, maybe he had a drug test that was bad. Like, I just think that people are making this up so that they can fall into somebody's laps like a. Like a Tampa Bay, I really. Well, don't, I don't think anybody's you know, making up the well, drug testing. I mean, well, like that's no, just yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I think that I feel like, especially the whole he doesn't love football thing. Oh, that always rubs me the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you love football. You played it your whole life. You know what I mean? Why would you do something your whole life that you don't love? That just doesn't make sense to me. But I mean, who am I? I just think that it's. I think it is smoke screens. I just think we see this year in and year out about a player that. I mean, not only in the first round. You do see it in the first yeah. round. I think of Laramie Tunzel. You're I mean, right. That's a great. Like, he's the top tackle, and then he fell. All the way to the second round, right? He was the first round. Of, Miami took him at, like, 13. Oh, okay. Uh, so, similar. It's pretty but a lot of people 14, said that he was but, the best one. Yeah, yeah, they were like, he he's the next Tyron Smith. Yeah. And so, but you see, but you also see, and not necessarily only with drugs, but you see players like a Tyree Kill, a Joe Mixon, where you're like, this is a first-round talent, but they fall out. Yeah, absolutely. And so, there are always players that you're like, he has to be a top 5, 10, 15 selection, and they fall. And I think there are the concerns that surround a player like this. I won't be surprised whatsoever if he went to Miami at 5 just yeah. because he is such a great tackle prospect. Yeah, absolutely. But I think we see this time and time again where you're like, why Why are they still there? Or like, right. how the heck did they get this the, player here? And we talked about it too. There are going to be players that fall for a multitude of reasons, some of them just being we didn't have a need there, so we took another guy and there's – Tons of first round talent that goes in the second round. So yeah, so we'll see. Uh, now we move on to the Broncos, and I continue my run on wide receivers, and I have them taking Justin Jefferson, wide Ooh. receiver out of LSU. Uh, Justin Jefferson, who a lot of people said has actually the second best uh, LSU receiver on the team last year. A lot of people love Jamar Chase, who will come out next year. Uh, but I just Justin Jefferson was a go to guy for. Joe Burrow, and he just had a monster year, and I just think he's got reliable hands. I think he he does everything really well. I don't think he does anything like wildly special, like he doesn't have Ruggs' speed, or he doesn't have Judy's route running. You know, he doesn't have Ceedee Lamb's just big play ability. You know, but I think that he does everything great, and that's just a solid, solid receiver. And I think that Denver loves Corton Sutton coming out as emerging star. They have Noah Fant who's dynamic and then they have Lindsay and Gordon in the backfield and I think they said, you know what? Let's sure this up. Let's give Locke one more weapon and then this offense can be great. I love it. I'm actually really surprised he took a wide receiver, especially after we were mm-hmm. talking about and you've seen people mocking wide receivers to Denver and you're like, they don't need that and I feel like you got like semi-passionate about it. So I'm really, <laughs> I, I like the pick. I also have them going wide receiver, but I have them going Jerry Judy just because he fell I mean, to yeah, them. If Jerry Judy's this, there and you don't take he him. He fell to them <laughs> in this. But I do think, I think Judy is a really good uh, fit in Denver. I think he's a really good uh mix with Sutton the dude's not even 21 yet he he's celebrating his birthday in three days so he's wow. still really really young six one I think just having that crisper out running when you do have the athletes of Sutton and Fant that they added last year mm-hmm. and I think even though Denver didn't find all the success that they thought they would I think Vangio is still a really good defensive mind so it's kind of like let's stock up and like really yeah. round out well, that offense their defense found themselves too I mean they when they played I remember when we when the Bills played them I was terrified of that because they were ranked number five at that point I don't know what they finished but they were ranked fifth in the league when Buffalo played 
played them, and I was terrified of that being the game that ruined our chances at the playoffs because they're they're they also didn't they, it was three or four games they lost in the first six games that were by less than a possession. There were a, there were you know a lot mean? of things that just didn't bounce so, their way. Like I'm saying, Denver, Denver, and we'll we'll talk about when we predicted, but Denver might be my team that I'm like, look, this team's going to the playoffs. And don't be shocked when it happens because they're a really good football team. We both love Fangio. He's a great coach. And you're right. I think their defense is fine. And they're going to fill out depth in the later later of the draft. They have picks. Yeah. But right now, this is a luxury for them. They say, especially, like I'm telling you, if Jerry Judy's there, don't even wait out the clock. Just call Roger right away and send the virtual card on AIM. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think if it did go that way, then it I would will, be a slam dunk. I will also point this out. If we get to this point where Jerry Judy is still there right here, where are we, 15, teams are going to be calling for trades. Teams are going to want to get up and grab him. Like, Mike Mikas will, his veins will pop if, <laughs> if, 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 you know, Jerry Judy's there near the Dallas pick. So Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're going to Atlanta now. Uh, I did Broncos first, right? I don't remember. All right, so go ahead. So I have – I know uh, defensive players being mocked to Atlanta is very, very popular. I have them going offensive linemen. I have them okay. going Andrew Thomas here. I know you have him earlier. I do, yes. Uh, but I have him going here. It's a great pick. I know a lot of people have defensive tackle going to Atlanta, but I think they still have Jarek Grady, who I think is a really good defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Atlanta right now, and that's only right now, so we're in April, and we're a long way away from the start of the football season, whether or not it really starts in September or mm-hmm. if it gets moved back or whatever. But right now, Atlanta only has three offensive tackles. Only three. So they have Jake Matthews, who I think is pretty good. But beyond that, maybe you, you would know the names, but like I, I don't even. So I think they go with a position that I think is of great need. They don't have the players just even suit up in in my opinion so i think they go and get a guy that really is going to help protect matt ryan to continue to do those times they still have a great offense in in a lot of different ways you have Todd Gurley. Gurley, you're going to want to get some guys in front of to get him back to form so i have them going thomas i wouldn't hate that at all i think it's great um the only reason i have him going defense right here is because cj henderson's still on the board and that's where they're gonna go you know i i think that they Again, we, we've talked about this, and we'll get to it when we get to when I have Trayvon Diggs, who I think is the second-best corner, who a lot of people have rated like the sixth or seventh-best corner, um, which is weird to me. But again, like I said, I just maybe that's just me falling in love with a player or a kid. You know what I mean? But C.J. Henderson is— Adam Rossi doing that? Yeah. No. C.J. Henderson is mostly the consensus, consensus second-best cornerback in the draft, uh, and I just think that Atlanta's got needs on defense across the board, and I think they take their— best player on the board right now on defense and and wipe their hands and say all right yeah no i think especially if they did more secondary help in atlanta i wouldn't Mm -hmm. mind that but i see so many people going like line for atlanta and that drives me nuts i just don't think not that they don't need it i think you can always say defensive line yeah okay i think i was like you just gave them i think you can obviously always use more defensive line help but i just don't think right now in this position of the draft that you need that absolutely yeah uh so then we head to Dallas, and a lot of people have Dallas taking a linebacker here, which we I think we kind of talked about that, but it doesn't make sense to me because they already have really good linebackers. I know that they Sean Lee's getting old and he's always hurt. So although he was pretty healthy last year, uh, so maybe they want to get another guy here. But how many times do we have to talk about 
Dallas needing a safety before they just take one or, or make the move on him. They've been trying to get Jamal Adams for forever. So I think that they take Xavier McKinney here, the best safety. And not only is he the best safety safety uh, out of Alabama, he's highly versatile. He can line up all over the field. I think he can play any secondary position. And I think that in some packages, you could even move him up to linebacker because he's great in run support, okay. as every Alabama uh, secondary player is. Uh, so, yeah, I think they, they, they that's the slam dunk pick for Dallas, and they move on. Okay. I also have them going with an Alabama player, but I have them going with your guy Diggs right here. Yeah. I think they need to replace Jones. I think that's a big addition lost. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting. I I obviously have Diggs as my number – I have him as my number three cool, cool, corner. Cool. Yeah. I do know a lot of people have him down, but I think if you look at the body of work, it's actually been more solid mm-hmm. than uh, Akuda and, and uh, Henderson – but I just think it kind of lacks that flash, if you mm-hmm. will. I think he's a really, really solid tackler, and I think mm-hmm. he's. He, but he, he does have he, great ball skills. Yeah, he has come down. I think he's <laughs> had at least two interceptions all three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I think maybe, he maybe his have brother's that, teaching him how to catch. Doesn't always have that flash, but I think he's very, very consistent. Yeah. I think. Really, you have like your pick of the Alabama secondary. I think if they did go with McKinney, that's obviously a great pick. But I think you just lost your corner, which. Is, is a really big deal, so they need yeah. to replace that, and I think yeah. that's what they and, go with. Yeah, here. and that makes sense, and you're right. I, that's another great uh, pick that I'll look at and be like, great pick. Um, but uh, I just uh, I just think that there have been way too many jokes about how much they need a safety, and especially if – I don't want to give away my Eagles pick, but <laughs> oh, actually, no – do I have I – don't, I don't know yet. We're not there yet, but regardless, especially they don't – they don't want to be beaten over the top, and they got beaten over top a lot last year. Yeah, so. and that's fair. I get it. But honestly, and this is just true, mm-hmm. pure speculation. I have, I have really no reason to think this whatsoever, but I really think if this whole lockdown thing didn't happen and everything was – nobody was talking or, like, actually visiting, I do think there was some rumors starting to bubble a few months ago about how Eric Berry was going to be in Dallas, and I feel like – all this slowed it down, but there have been talks about how Eric Berry wants to, he's ready, took his year off, mm-hmm. he's ready to get back to football. I think Dallas does want their safety, but I think they're going to get more of the veteran help there instead of going and getting a rookie. So I really feel like that would be what I would be thinking happens. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Uh, next is... Back at 18 with the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. second pick. Uh, go ahead. So this is obviously a very who knows pick, especially if they don't go with the quarterback at, right, at five, right. then they probably go with the quarterback here. Or if they had to trade up and get rid of this pick to do it. They, that could absolutely happen. Obviously, we don't have that happening in our draft. Right. But I have them taking uh, Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. He is Great listed player. as a center, but I think he's very, guard. very pivotal. He could play guard, and I think I didn't talk about Flores in this way I talked about Joe Judge but I think Flores he is also from that New England system where you want to have guys that can do so many things mm-hmm. I know Miami did a few free agent signings to come and get those guys on on the free aid or on the offensive line but I feel like that only makes it more valuable to have a guy that can go to multiple different positions in in a thing of need so I think they go with their Michigan guy because Stephen Ross loves Michigan he does uh, I don't have too much to say about this because I have offensive linemen too. I just have them taking Josh Jones, okay, uh, the guy that you had earlier, and I just think that they need help all across the board on the on the line, especially after they traded away uh, the aforementioned Laramie Tunsil to Houston. 
during the season, so I just think they take their guy here and they move on. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. All right, so now we have another second pick, and that's the Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and I have the Raiders taking another corner. That's and I still don't have Trayvon going off the off the board as much as I love him and consider him my second best corner. I have them taking Jeff Gladney, cornerback out of TCU here. Okay. Uh, I think that uh, one thing that that uh, Gruden and Mayock love is they love senior players who were consistent all four years. And that was Jeff Gladney out of TCU. And okay. He, he's, he's 5'10", so some people think he's smaller, but I, when you watch him play, it – you know how there's sometimes there's players where you don't see how small they are because they play big or they're really strong? I think that Gladney is one of those players. Um, so I just think that they they love that that type of player and that type of pick, so they go Jeff Gladney. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. I have them going with who you had mocked to Dallas. Xavier McKinney. Xavier McKinney. Uh, 6'1", dude led the team in tackles last year. Mm-hmm. I think – they just need to shore up that defensive back a little bit more. They did so mm-hmm. many good things in free agency that we talked about a few weeks ago. But I think going and getting a guy, I know he wasn't at Alabama all four years, but he's played very consistently through his time there. So all those things you just talked about with Mike Mayock, mm-hmm. other than being a senior, I think that McKinney does do very, very well and checks off those boxes. I think he comes from a reputable school, which we Absolutely. know is very, very and important to Mayock. Yep. Yep. So I think... They kind of get their guy there. Absolutely. Uh, next is Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville's second pick? Yep, Jacksonville's second pick. So you had them going corner first. I did. CJ Henderson, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you have them taking? I have them taking the guy that you gave to Jacksonville at nine. I have them going with uh, Cassian from LSU <laughs> because I, I agree with all the things that you said at nine. Uh, about getting that that pass rush, and I think he is a very very good one to do in this draft. He is just a true athlete. He was he went to LSU with a friend and uh, wound up getting a scholarship offer. He didn't even he never played in high school. Just walked on and got the scholarship from LSU. I didn't hear they, about that. They That's saw pretty incredible. What he was able to do athletically, and he's been hindered by a, a few things, his injury two years ago and whatnot. But I think he just is a really good athlete, and I feel like he'd fit there well with Jacksonville, especially considering all the turmoil yeah. that's going on in the position right now. I mean, if he's there at, was this 20 or 21? This is 19. No, this is 20. I was gonna say, so if he's at 20 there, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, where you had them taking corner, then going Shazon now, I had them Shazon first, and I have them taking corner now, and I have them taking Christian Fulton out of LSU. Okay. I have them... You know, wow, our like corners are all over the place. I know. Well, in every mock that I've looked at that of other people, the corners are everywhere. I think that corners are going to be, I don't want to say misgraded, but I just think that it's going to be based off of preference and who they liked in the room at that time. You know what I mean? Okay. So, because I just really think that they're kind of all over the board in terms of rankings. I've never seen a, a consistent other than obviously Akuda is one. Everything else has been different. Like this one, the, I've been glancing at a couple ones. The one I'm looking at right now. He, they have him ranked third as the third best corner. Okay. So, uh, I, like I said, Jacksonville is just shoring up their defense, and they'll take their offensive weapons later. And but I mean, they have they've got pieces there, and I think that they're just they need they need a corner. He had a great strong season, and I think uh, Fulton would have been a first round pick last year had he come out, but he came back for his senior year. So. Okay. Okay. And now we come to LSU. What? 
I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I mean, I know why I said it because I went to go say the Eagles, but I have up oh, spoiler alert. No, 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 I, no. It's not because I had LSU written above that because it was from Fulton. It doesn't matter. Just get who you go with the pick. So the Philadelphia Eagles have obviously been, I think, more than anybody talked about. I don't want to say more than anybody. There have been a lot of people that are like, this is a lock-in positional thing. And everyone's like, the Eagles are going to go and get their wide receiver. I think that's just so false. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think this is one of those drafts where I know we've differed a little bit Mm -hmm. from talking about how it's going to be valued and whatnot. But I think with so many good receivers that it's going to push it down a little bit. And I think I have uh, the Eagles going with, Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. They don't often draft linebackers there. And as much as I wanted to agree with my girl, Colleen Wolf, uh, who had them going, Patrick Queen, I do have Murray as the better linebacker. I, I guess it depends on what you're looking for in a linebacker because both, I think, are very, very, very good. Yeah, yeah. But I think Murray's a little more of that thumper. So I think you get him behind a defensive tackle like Cox. You can take some of those blockers, and I think it's going to really open up a lot of things for a Murray who does have a really good play speed, in my opinion. And they're very happy about shoring up more of that defense after they get their sleigh on the outside. Now they get their man in the middle. So I had this is where I had Isaiah Simmons going, uh, and I talked about how you know I made the audible at six with the Chargers. Wow! Because when I was looking at it, I was saying I'm going all the way down. Well, that was my thing. Is I was watching, I was looking at the draft, and I was like, it just doesn't make sense that so many people pass him up. But every time I went to the next team, I was like, they don't really need him. They don't really need him. They need this more. They need that more. Uh, you know what I mean? There's a better player. Say, well, if, you know if, what I mean? If Simmons went down to 21 and Miami didn't take him, I would disown the team. Right. So. But so I obviously Simmons is off the board. And I think that, that it makes way more sense. So, you know, I I have uh, another wide receiver going here as much as I'd you know, be okay if they took, who you know what I mean, another position. But I think they go Brandon Ayuk here. Uh, Arizona State. He was senior, six foot. Glad you uh, said that name because I I never knew how to say his last. I name. think it's Ayuk, but I could be wrong. I think it's that you know what I mean. But so Ayuk didn't take part in the Senior Bowl because he was injured. Uh, but he's a he's a yards after the catch guy. I mean, he's a monster after that. He's also a great returner as well, which I think he can help him there as well. Uh, Philly's best case scenario uh, landing spot is just I think it, it bets it best uh, fits his skill set. Uh, and I think that, you know, we talked about they don't desperately need a wide receiver because a lot of it was injury. But, yeah. I mean, they did lose Aguilar, who was their number two receiver last year, sometimes number one until he got hurt. You know, they'll get Alshon back. But Alshon, I think, only has one year left on his deal, and I don't know how much longer he's staying there. Yeah. So I think they, they take a guy that they love right here and right after the catch, and I think that they're very happy with it at the end of the day. Okay. So that's my – see what is that? That's one, uh, 21. One, no, oh, I'm talking, yeah. one, two, Ten. three, four, five. That's my fifth receiver. Okay. So, all right, now we go to Minnesota. Minnesota with their uh, Buffalo Bills pick, right? Yeah, this is the Buffalo Bills pick. And I'm going, this is going to be my sixth receiver. I have them taking Denzel Mims out of Baylor. Uh, Denzel Mims is a guy that I don't think it's being talked about enough. I've watched a lot. So, here's the thing we, we've gotten to this interesting point where Buffalo really doesn't need to take a receiver the whole draft. They probably will take one, but they don't need to. You know what I mean? I think they got a great core. But here I am 
having watched almost every receiver's highlight reel because I was convinced we were going to take one or two of them. So here I am with all this knowledge on receivers, and I don't need it. So Denzel Mim is six foot three out of Baylor. I he had a really really strong season, and he was great at the Senior Bowl as well. He had a great combine. Um, great combine. I just he's 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 a little bit raw, but he is a playmaker, and I think that you know. Minnesota is a team that thinks that they don't have a lot of holes. And, I mean, they're a great football team. Obviously, they beat – they go into the divisional round. Um, they hung around a little bit with uh, the 49ers until it just was too much. But I think that they just add another playmaker because losing uh, losing Diggs hurts. It does. Yeah. And he's a great player. You know, and, and as much as we both love Adam Thielen, he can't do it by himself. And they don't really have a lot of depth beyond that either. So I do think that they go receiver here. And Denzel Mims is just a huge playmaker. Yeah, I also have him going wide receiver. Uh, obviously, I have not had the run that you've had on them, so I have Justin Jefferson falling to Minnesota That's here at 22. That's a great space for him. And I think, like you talked about, some people don't think he was even the best wide receiver at LSU. I don't think he'd be asked to be the best receiver in Minnesota. I think yeah, yeah. Thielen would be that guy, but that would open up some things for Justin Jefferson to do. I think you talked really well about how he doesn't do any one thing really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. But I think kind of sliding into that slot position here, uh, with a pretty decent, good pair of hands would be a really good thing for Kirk Cousins, and I think that's where they would go with their first uh, pick when they have another one in just a few more picks here. Absolutely. And now we move to the New England Patriots. New England. At number 23. Number 23. 23. Who you got? So I'm I know fascinated. you're not going to like what I have to say, but I have them going with Jordan Love here out of Utah. I think they do need to. There's speculation all over the place of what they're going to do with the position. I really don't see them relying on Stidham or Hoyer, especially long term. I think Hoyer could be their, their stopgap quarterback if they're interested, but I think, and that would really fit with what you're trying to do with a Jordan Love. Uh, but I do think they're going to address that position here in the draft. And I think they're going to do it here and grab a guy that has uber talent, uh, but maybe not all the mechanics. But is there really a better team to go to if you want to learn how to be a professional uh, and to get those mechanics down? I think you go New England. I do like Jordan Love. I'm not convinced New England makes this pick. They're infamous for trading in and out. I don't know if that changes now that they don't have Tom Brady uh, and they don't have the luxury of that. But we are going to match on our seventh here because I also have them going Jordan Love. Oh, I mean, he's just such a raw talent. Six foot four, Utah State. Uh, He was—he's only a junior. He didn't go back for his senior season, but he's one of the most polarizing players in the draft. Some people have him going as high as six to the Chargers. Some have him out of the first round. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens with Jordan Love. But you're right. I think it just makes sense. As much as I would love, as much as now I'm rooting for Jarrett Stedham because I feel like so many people are writing him off without even seeing him do anything at all. That makes me sad. Okay. You know, as much as I would like to see the kid be like, no, guys, calm down. I'm an NFL quarterback. Um, you also thought the same thing about Nathan Peterman, though. So. Nathan Peterman is still going to be a great quarterback <laughs> for the preseason every year. So, first of all, like, just real quick, that's still a valuable thing. I, I, everybody listen, it's still valuable to have a quarterback that's able to do that every year in the preseason so that because sometimes you're unable to evaluate lower-end positional players because you have bad quarterbacks playing in the preseason sometimes. So, even if Nathan Peterman is just like the preseason MVP every year for Oakland, or, or sorry, Las Vegas now, or whoever it is, that's still valuable. Just want to say that. Uh, we get it, but I 
<laughs> but you I started. You, you started our podcast off by saying he was going to throw like five touchdowns. We get that you love the dude, Jordan Love. <laughs> no, Nathan Peterman. The first ever bold prediction you made was about Nate Peterman. Did you just look that up? No, oh, I just looked, remember it looked, it. it. it looked like you looked it up. I just Re- remember it. Regardless, Jordan Love here to the Patriots, and you're right. I will not like it because I think that that's just a such a Belichickian move to grab the guy that's raw and turn him into a superstar. <laughs> It's going to be fun. All right, now we head to New Orleans, and this is where I have Kenneth Murray going. Okay. I think that New Orleans, we, we talk about this every year, that New Orleans is right there, and that they, they don't really need a lot, you know what I mean? And I think that signing... Well, they have uh, our guy, Anzalone. <laughs> Anzalone. Uh, Josh and I have been playing a couple of Madden franchises recently, and, apparently, and this guy just seems to be dominant every time we play against him. But regardless, uh, I think that they take Kenneth Murray here, one of the best linebackers, one of the best defensive players in the draft, and they call it a day because they also have uh, – they obviously they signed Emmanuel Sanders, which was huge to pair him up with in that offense. Uh, so I think they just build up defensive talent here and hope that they can make that one stop in the in the in overtime this this coming season. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, I also have them going on the defensive side of the ball here. Kind of curious, do you? Uh, I this is this is a really hard pick for me. Honestly, I didn't know where or what defender I wanted to give them. Okay. So now I'm gonna kind of throw it over to you. Who do you who do you think with knowing it was a defender? Who do you think I went? Just because I had such a hard time. I was with like, the Saints. This, 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 this. Yeah, with the Saints. So I mean, I'm trying to think of player defensive players that I may have already gone off the board that you have you... not had them taken yet so i feel like you probably go aj epinesa here okay see that was one of the ones i definitely consider going with uh but i decided to go with with the counterpart who who i consider a counterpart and i went with year gross uh matos our guy out of penn PSU. state uh i God, think i wish he could be on buffalo so bad but i it's think just never both happened. i mean uh epinesa is also six five so is gross matos mm-hmm. uh i think when you when i think about new orleans who's especially their defense, who is the player that comes to mind. I think of Cam Jordan, who I think is still very, very good, but yeah. he he's 30-plus years old now. They went out a few years ago and traded up with Green Bay to get uh, Davenport, who is a 6'5 yep. defensive edge rusher. Yeah. That hasn't exactly panned out uh, completely, but I think he is still a piece that uh, Peyton thinks he can work with. So I think they go out and get a little more depth at that position where you can plug and play and like have all those guys. Absolutely. And also a replacement for when Cam Jordan comes. I think Epinesa is obviously a player that I really thought about going there. Mm-hmm. But I think the the gap between those two players is a little bit closer. And I think there's no necessarily character concerns. I have nothing about that against Epinesa. But when I hear Gross Matos talk and, and speak and whatnot, I think he just is a very high respectful guy that I think Peyton wants to have in the building. And it's a very PSU thing, especially with James Franklin at the helm. He's known for those are the types of players that he churns out. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's, I think it's a slam dunk for them. All right. So then we head to Minnesota's next yeah, they pick get their their second pick. So you went first. So I have them. So I had them going with Justin Jefferson. They get their skill position. Now I have them going offensive line. I have them taking Austin Jackson out of USC uh, this is also kind of similar. I went back to and talked about the lack of the position uh, in Atlanta. I think Minnesota has just as few players. I really think about they have 
uh, Riley Reef, and then they have uh, their guy that they took out of Pitt the other year that a lot of people were surprised they took in the second round. I'm blanking on his name right now, uh, but I think just going and getting a guy where last year they went offensive line, they got Bradbury, uh, and I think you really saw what that meant for the team, not only from Kirk, but also from Dalvin Cook. I think you go and get another guy that you feel real good about having there. I think that Minnesota didn't want to go too long with having, without having a Diggs on their roster, so they take Trayvon Diggs here, cornerback. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, I think— There are so many ways that this could go because of like all the pieces they lost in free agency that right. they could just go so many different areas. Right, right. And we talked about how on our last episode we talked about you know Xavier Rhodes no longer being there, yeah. even though he was kind of you know much maligned near the end of his tenure there. I think that they have a need at— at corner and this is my second best corner and I just think that this is the best fit for him. He goes okay. to a place where his brother just was and uh he gets the ball out with Minnesota and Minnesota gets to be right back in there fighting for that division again. Okay. I don't I don't mind that. Now we have the third pick of the Miami Dolphins. Third pick of the Miami Dolphins and, and I know we already differ on this one. So. I'm going the second best safety with Grant Delpit. Okay. Out of LSU. I just think that Grant Delpit is such uh, a, a big-time playmaker. And, you know, obviously we know LSU is stacked uh, team because they're always, you know, up there and fighting, and the Needs won the national championship, obviously. So they have to have a lot of talent. But, I mean, you know, Xavier McKinley, McKinney's great, but Grant Del- Delpit is not that much uh, – I don't want to say different. Not that far behind. Yeah, thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. He's not that that far behind. I think he's an excellent player, and uh, you know he came into the season as a as the top safety. I mean, people were talking about him being the the number one safety in this draft before the season at six foot three, two hundred thirteen pounds. But then he had some questions with with tackling and his deep speed and stuff like that. So he may have slipped a little bit. But I just think that you know in this draft, I have the Dolphins taking their quarterback filling out some offensive lineman depth, and then they just take best defensive player left in their minds, especially because they need some secondary help, uh, and they're happy about that. So what I love about your draft for the Dolphins right now, other than quarterback, and I know they didn't do it with their respective picks, but you have them replacing the offensive lineman and the safety that they traded to get those picks. Right. <laughs> I think that's fun. <laughs> Uh, I have them going uh, DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. I think he's my favorite running back in the draft. I think he is one of the the best running backs in the draft. Although I really feel like this group of running backs is very, very close and very similar. I think it's Uh hard to necessarily grade any which one particularly. But I do think Swift, he didn't catch a lot of balls at Georgia, but he did show that he has a pretty decent knack for it. I think there are a lot of things that uh, hold him back in certain ways, but I think that's why he's not... Uh, a top five like Elliott or a top 15 like Gurley was. So I think Miami still goes out and gets a three down player. They did sign Howard, but I don't, I wouldn't consider him a three down running back. So they go out and get that guy uh, with the 26 pick. I think it'd be a great pick. This is definitely the area that a guy like Swift or Dobbins or, or Taylor would go. Yeah. I think Miami's just, I don't want to say they're paranoid. I think that's a weird thing, but I think, they're thinking last year their leading rusher was Fitzpatrick, and they they don't want that awesome. anymore. Uh, so I I I I would have them if I extended out more picks. They their next pick in the second round would be a running back. Yeah, because uh, I think all, I obviously I have all of them being there. Um, so I I think that they'll be there, so they don't have to worry about it. That's why I have them going Delpit. Okay. 
Yeah. Now we have Seattle. Seattle. Am I taking this one? Yep. All right. So this is where I talked about Epinesa uh, possibly being a guy for the Saints. I have the Seahawks grabbing him here. I think they are absolutely thrilled. They lost out on Clowney. Does not look like he's going back there. So they get another 6'5 guy, an athletic freak. If people, I don't know if that's ever like an offensive thing. Like when I hear people say that, and it's athletic always a little freak. weird. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. But I he's think, a freak. Hey. I think he is a really, really good lineman. And I think Seattle needs that. I think they saw what Clowney brought to their defense. And I think they go out and get Clowney's obviously not old, but I think they get the younger. Uh, version if you want to think I'm not saying like they're I'm not comparing the two but I think they replace the the veteran with the young guy and they they're okay with him not resigning there yeah and I have I have Seattle going defense and I have them going edge rusher you're gross matos from Penn State okay yeah I I think that we would have matched on that if yeah, I with my original plan I think that gross matos has yet to reach his full potential uh, I mean, six foot five, two hundred and sixty six pounds. He's he only a junior, but that he just has the frame, that frame and athleticism to be a top flight edge rusher in the NFL. And I think that that you're right. Like they need that on their defense. And I think that you're right. They don't worry, they don't have to worry about clowning if they get a guy like Yerder in there uh, to really shore up that that rush. One thing, obviously, we both had them taking defensive ends to replace Clowney, but is this something, and I know we've had a lot of offensive linemen go, but is this something where Seattle needs to think about a lineman right here? I do think I do think they have to think about it, but I also believe that obviously they lost. I think uh, other than Houston, I feel like Seattle's always a team that's like, oh, well, we don't really have like a, a blue chip player there, but it's okay because we have the quarterback. Right, and you know Russell's been doing it just fine. Uh, they did lose. Uh, is it Fant or Font? I don't know who went to New York uh, to the Jets. So obviously, this it, I would I would consider it a position of need in the offensive line. But I just think that you got a guy in in Matos here is just too good to pass up at this point of the draft, okay. yep. and that you can get get him later for sure. Okay, so, yeah. All right, then we go to Baltimore, a t- another team that and I've said this for a couple of teams, but this is definitely a team that doesn't have a ton of needs. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that they were the slam dunk to go all the way to the Super Bowl this past year, especially with the season that Lamar had. Uh, I think what they need to do here is, I think that they get to take a, a, a how do I say this? They get to take a player that fills a style that they need instead of a position that they need. Okay. And that leads me to saying that they're going to take T Higgins wide receiver out of Clemson. Oh, I think this is my seventh receiver now. Okay. I, I, I had them going multiple different ways. At one point I even had them taking Epinesa out of Iowa, just being like, you know what? Embarrassment of riches, get another rusher in there. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's a very Baltimore John Harbaugh thing to do. But I think that they look at this and say, okay, we have a lot of uh, speedy receivers on our team and we have tons of speed but why not get a little bit of size here i think t higgins is like six foot four he's a big guy he goes up and gets the ball he's one of my favorite receivers in the draft uh my favorite receiver was lavisca chenault uh and that's who i want buffalo to take but okay. i don't have i don't think i have him in the first round anymore because of the injury and concerns with that uh but i just think that baltimore says let's let's get a big guy who we can just toss it up to at certain moments that we really need that because we have the luxury to be able to just to take a t- a player who plays a style that we don't have yet on the roster, so that they go T. Higgins here. Okay, okay. I have them going. I feel like you had this player taken a lot earlier, or not at all. I can't remember. I have them going with Javon Kinlaw, 
I, I do not. Carolina. I do not have him off the board. Yet. Okay, I couldn't remember. I think this is a really fascinating player. This is a player where I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the top ten. Well, I think they, he really has the talent. He's ranked that way, so I mean, it could happen. So if he fell there, though, I think Harbaugh. I mean, they lost one of their defensive tackles in free agency. I think the dude is another. He's six six. I think he he looks like a Baltimore Raven in my opinion. I can see him in that purple, mm-hmm. and it looks daunting and scary and really really cool. So I think if if this happens this way, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think. Wide receiver is certainly something I thought about. I think for all the good things that they did last year on offense, they didn't have all the wide receivers. Obviously, they went Brown last year, and he had mm-hmm. a really good rookie season. Mm-hmm. But I think adding somebody, especially like a Higgins, could be a really big boom for Baltimore. So Absolutely. I think that'd be fun. Now we go Tennessee, who went all the way from the sixth seed to the AFC title game last year. They get to re-sign their quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill. And they've got, you know, their running back on a franchise tag. They have most of their pieces. Obviously, they lost their tackle. Yep. Who went to, sorry, Cleveland. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, where, do, where are they going in Josh Lapping's mock draft? So I have them going with Marlon Davidson, a defensive end out of Auburn here. And you okay. think, when I think about Tennessee, I don't necessarily think about them needing defense. Uh, especially along the line. I think it's really scary, but I think that Vrabel is the kind of coach that wants to keep that coming. He wants to bring that pressure. Vrabel likes to have a rotation on the line. And so, so. I mean, they, they went Burns last year, and that was a really good pick, but he does technically play the linebacker position, so if you get another guy... Uh, no, Brian, Brian Burns went to uh, Carolina. Oh, well, they got... I forget. They got somebody that fell that... He was injured. Isaiah, I don't want to say it's Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> oh, why do I want to say that? I don't know why you want to say that. I'm gonna look it up right now. Keep talking. So I think they go and get another guy, another rusher to uh, pressure those quarterbacks in the AFC that are just uh, getting a little bit weaker. If you want to say weaker, I put, but they don't have a Brady to contend with anymore. So I mean, you have an aging Big Ben, Jeffrey Simmons. Yes, this is what they took. So, uh, but they. Uh, Brian Burns is what I meant to say. Yeah, Brian Burns went to Carolina. Uh, well, they got a linebacker that fell. I just told you, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, but that's who they picked in the first round, didn't they? They got somebody in the second round uh, that they expected a first-round grade uh, on. Okay, I didn't know. I'm sorry, I didn't know that's what you were saying. No, it's okay. I, I'm obviously messing up the name, but I know <laughs> they took the that had Jeffrey Simmons, yeah. yeah, who had their big injury concern, but they got somebody, I don't remember if it was last year or two years ago, but they got somebody that were like, this is going to be a really, cause they, I wanted Green Bay to get him, but they didn't anyways. So I have him going Marlon Davidson. I'm trying to find what it was. I just can't, uh, we'll find it another time. But regardless, I have them taking Javon Kinlaw. I thought it was funny that the, the pick before you were like, do you have Javon Kinlaw off? And I was like, not yet. Um, the defensive lineman out of South Carolina, senior, six foot six, three hundred twenty four pounds. He's just a big dude. Uh, and you're right. I do that. I think that he that he, that Vrabel likes to have that rotation, and I think that he enjoys have. Pardon me. All all that uh, talent up there, and I think that a lot of people talk about how uh, that. Javon Kinlaw might be the best pass rusher in the interior line in the entire... It's completely off on the name. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Harold Landry. Harold Landry. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Great player. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then I have them taking the interior uh, offensive line, or defensive line, and obviously they just got rid of um, one of my favorite players. I can't even... I forget his name right now. 
Casey. Yeah, they just got rid of Jarrell Casey. So they, they replaced it with Javon Kinlaw, uh, like I said, who's kind of a, just a younger Jarrell Casey. So Okay, yeah. And now we get to your other team, Green Bay Green Bay Packers. Packers. Do you want to go first on this? I can I'll go first. Sure. Um so it makes me feel good that this player also fell in your draft because I when I did it, okay. I don't know if like I was doing things. I don't think anything that I said didn't make sense, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like I feel like this player's not going to fall, but he also mm-hmm. fell in yours, which makes me feel not as bad. Okay. So I have them going uh, with Patrick Queen out of LSU. Okay. Uh, I think wide receiver is obviously uh, overly talked about position with Green Bay. They're like, we need to get Aaron Rodgers weapons. And yeah, I agree, but I think they're going to be just fine doing it. I think getting uh, an athletic linebacker like Queen, I think they tried the experiment with Oren Burks and it mm-hmm. didn't work out. They obviously lost mm-hmm. Martinez in free agency. So I think going out and getting a linebacker, especially after how exposed they were in the title game, is very, very, very important. Yeah, uh, and I have... Uh, there are a lot of players that I had the Packers taking at this point, especially, but considering I had so many receivers go early, I didn't want to like force a receiver here. Okay. But I still do having them take a receiver. Cause I think that Jalen Rager is an unbelievable talent. Yeah. He's five foot 11. So 100, 194 pounds. So he's a little bit smaller. Um, but I just think that he's a great playmaker. Uh, TCU. Yeah. He went to TCU. I, I think that he's, he's a big time playmaker and you pair him up with Devonte Adams. And I think that that's a, that's a great one two punch there at receiver for, for and you can Aaron call Rogers. me crazy, but I really feel like that Rager is the type of wide receiver that could be there in the second round for for Green Bay. No, I agree. Like there are a lot of these receivers that are going to be in the second round. I mean, they obviously can't all be taken. Uh, obviously, I would have loved them. I considered Lavisca Chenault here. If Lavisca Chenault were fully healthy, I probably would have had him off the board earlier. Sure. But this is also another spot where I wouldn't be crazy if they have him here. He's just such an offensive weapon. Yeah. Uh, and a guy like Matt LaFleur could love being able to play with him. But there's other guys that are going to be great second-round receivers. I'm thinking about a PSU guy in KJ Hamler, who's a speedster, who's going to go in the second late second round and, and be a great pick for somebody. Yeah. Uh, but I just think that Green Bay has a lot of talent already on their roster. Obviously, they went to the title game, uh, and I think that they just didn't have enough weapons to compete with the defense of San Francisco, so you just take a weapon that you like here, and I'd like the fit with Jalen Rager. Okay. So then we go to the 49ers, who were 10 points up in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and couldn't quite finish it off. Couldn't quite finish it off. So we talked earlier about the 49ers, and you're saying they want to trade both picks away, which I've also seen those stories. Mm-hmm. But I think if they did... This is the one that's going to go. I think so many teams try to move back up into the first mm-hmm. round to get that fifth-year option availability and option and whatnot. Um, but if they stay at the 31st pick like they are in our draft, I have them going with Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma. He's a defensive tackle. Okay. Uh, they're going to, I think, try to replace Buckner, who they lost in the trade. And I think they saw how valuable and important it is to have just that constant pass rush. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how they won so many games last year. This is – Gallimore is a player, in my opinion, where he has all the physical tools. It hasn't just always shown up. And I think Mm -hmm. getting a young, relatable head coach like Shanahan is something that you need to tap into those kind of players. So Absolutely. And I think that – like I said, you know, I don't know if they'll trade both of them, but, you know, they talked about that they don't want to have a first-round pick. I don't know if that's just a, a 
uh, a ploy to get people to offer them things. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? But I have been taking a corner here in Jalen Johnson out of Utah, six foot. He, he was first team all pack 12 selection. Um, in 2018, he led Utah with four interceptions in his sophomore season. I mean, he just he's he's done a lot. Um, he did a lot really early and really young in Utah, and he grew from that and, and developed into a pretty well-rounded player. He's only a junior, so he's coming out early. But I just think that it's a nice talent to put right there on the outside. And Richard Sherman, as well as he's played these last couple of years, is not going to play forever. So they need somebody to kind of get ready to step into that role. So I think that they have the luxury of being able to do that at this point. Yeah, Especially like after getting a receiver early on. So. I like that. Now we come to the last pick of the draft, the defending Super Bowl champ, K. City. I don't know why I said it like that. I was going to say Casey, but then I was like, oh, I want to say Kansas City. So I was like, K. I thought you were trying to do like an accent. Kansas City Chiefs. I, I just thought you were doing like a French thing. It was like Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, know. So, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> this is something, obviously, I think the Super Bowl champs in a lot of cases always have some pretty good flexibility. Yeah. Obviously, they were in and won the Super Bowl for a reason. Mm-hmm. There are times that teams get blown up, like when Denver yeah. won the Super Bowl, so many players left because they're like, oh, we want that talent, so we want that. I don't think that happened too much with the Chiefs. Uh, I have them taking cornerback A.J. Terrell out of Clemson, who I'm kind of surprised that you haven't had taken yet when you've listed some of the corners that you've had taken. Because mm-hmm. I think uh, he uh, Terrell was uh, picked on from time to time, but he was on the uh, national championship team. They lost to Joe Burrow and whatnot, but I think... He's a really good playmaker, I think, and Kansas City wants that. I think they've shown that with going out and getting Honey Badger. They did not re-sign Breland, who did have the interception in the Super Bowl. So I think going and getting a player like that you can, that you can have either on the outside or if you want to have him on the inside is is a way that the Chiefs want to go. Yeah, and I, this pick was between three players for me. It was between a running back. It was between him. And it was between the guy I eventually went with, which is A.J. Epinesa, edge rusher out of Iowa. Oh, I didn't even realize he was still there with yeah. you. I, I just think that the talent is just too good for them to look at right here. I really think that Kansas City, with this last pick, is able to look at the 31 players that were taken and say, which one is the best or one of the best that's just left there. You know what I mean? Whereas as great as he is, as Terrell, right? Yeah. As great as he is, he's still not the one of the top three or four corners in this draft, as great as he is. So I think that they're able to say Epinesa is two, maybe three in terms of edge rushers in this in this draft. So let's just take that guy and plug him right into our defense, get a rotation going on on the on, on the on the edge with with guys like D Ford and and them. All right. There. So I just All think right. that that's it's a luxury. D Ford's not there anymore, man. Where is he? He's in San Francisco. Oh, I'm looking at so on my on my thing I, I have like the logos and I'm staring at this big San Francisco 49ers thing. And so in my head I just went right to D Ford. Um I'm really losing my credibility in this. So yeah, I just think it's a luxury pick for the for the Chiefs. Sorry, and, I and to get to get That's all right. Uh so yeah. There's our 2020 mock draft. Yeah. Went a lot longer than I thought it was going to go, but... I feel like it's a full episode. It's a full, full episode. So was last year's. Yeah. I Well, I had a couple cold reads. So do we want to do them still? I'll do them. So, I feel like, you know, if we're going to go over, we should make it like an even time. Okay, so we have like great. four minutes to get to the 45 great. mark. Sounds great. So my first cold read was 
going to be about the Miami Dolphins. And okay. I, I just want to know if – is it at all possible that the Dolphins don't take a quarterback in the first round? I think it's absolutely possible. Okay. Uh, I don't want that uh, because, okay. like I said, I don't necessarily care. Even if it was Jordan Love, I just want to have the guy that can be like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, but I think – Flores is such a guy where obviously he's not the GM, but I think he's such a guy that buys into the team itself where he's like, okay, so like I want to get the guys that are going to help my team, not necessarily, I don't want to say pad stats, quarterbacks just don't pad stats and you win games because of quarterbacks a lot of the time. But I think he wants to get a guy that's going to be like, okay, like this guy's going to work well, this guy and this guy, and like all of this can make a, mm-hmm. big, a better, bigger picture. So I think yeah. it's absolutely possible um, likely, probably not. Okay. Uh, my other one is I have eight wide receivers in the first round. Uh huh. Obviously, you don't have that number. I don't know how many you have. I, I think you have like five, four. four. Okay. So I have double the amount of receivers. Yeah. Obviously, you don't agree with that. What position do you see? Uh, I mean, even if even if it's not what you actually just mocked, like because uh, it was probably corner, right? That I think was your I, highest one. Uh, I have. Offensive tackles. Okay, so do you... I shouldn't say tackles, offensive linemen. Do you expect that to actually be, or like what other position would you look at and say, this one has a chance to be the most drafted in the first round? I do expect it to be tackle uh, just because of the the riches that you can get at wide receiver. Like you had Rager going to to Green Bay Mm -hmm. at 30, where I think really it's possible that Green Bay could get Rager at 60. Right. So I think that's possible, and I think that's going to kind of push those down where guys, GMs and teams are going to be like, okay, so we can maybe do that. We can possibly see that happening. So we need to get this yeah. where that pool of talent's not going to be there Absolutely. next time around. So we need to get this now, and I Absolutely. think that's going to force a lot of things to be okay. taken maybe earlier than you would think they would. Okay. So, uh, but I think... And maybe this is a way of cheating the answer, but I do think secondary, like you talked about, maybe being corners, but I don't think necessarily corners. Like neither of, I think we both had two safeties, like pure yeah. safeties going. But yeah, I think I secondaries, secondary players are always valuable. Mm-hmm. That we didn't have truly that many going in our mock drafts. So I think it'll be interesting to see where players like that kind of go. So let's say I have five, six. I have six corners and two safeties. So I do have eight. Like, if we're talking about just secondary players, it's tied with receivers with eight players, if you're including the two safeties. But if not, See, like it's still I only six five, players. So. so is that including the two safeties? Yep. Really? I feel like you say corner more often. That's all right. I know. Um, I only have – wait, hang on. So I have Terrell. I have Diggs. I have – no, I have – so I have four corners, and then I have – The safety. Yeah, I only have one safety. Oh, all right. Yeah. So well, like, so I think that's so unrealistic. You or well, me? I do. Like, I <laughs> okay. think like one safety. Like, that's not going to happen. Right. Right. Well, because I do think Del Pitt goes somewhere. But regardless, uh, I do think it'll be a fascinating draft. My other, my last cold read is so we know Burrow's going to go one. We know that Tua and Herbert are going to go in the first round, and a, most people believe that Jordan Love goes as well. Give me. But we also know that a lot of teams will trade up to that end of that first round to get their quarterback with yeah. that extra fifth-year option on it. So give me a surprise quarterback who 
isn't mocked a ton in the first round. Maybe there are a couple that have them have a guy mocked, but just like, give me a guy that you like that you think is possible. Could, there could be a trade up in the, to either San Francisco, Kansas City, or one of those last couple of picks. Yeah, to to, to take their quarterback. Uh, I think it's it's a it's a really good question. Um, let me think about it. Um, I'm, I know who my answer is, but I'm just trying to. Um, I Jacob Easton Easton is my answer out okay. of Washington. I think yeah. he he was at Georgia. He came in pretty young. I think he was pretty upfront and honest mm-hmm. about how he didn't take that responsibility super seriously. Yeah, and so he he went to Washington. But I think we're talking about like Justin Herbert having a lot of physical talent and whatnot. I think Easton also has that. Absolutely. So he got got a big arm, and I think uh, especially if you're thinking about trying to do like that fifth year option, like. You're not necessarily looking for a guy to come in and play immediately, so maybe you do have some maturation concerns or whatnot, and I think he's the guy for me. Okay, yeah. I think there are a lot of quarterbacks I really like in this draft. Like I, I really do like from, and I'm really, really, really curious to see where, where Jalen Hurts goes. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people are saying that Jalen Hurts is creeping up boards too just because he's got such pure talent as well. So I'm, I'm really fascinated to see where he goes. But well, I don't think that those two, as much as I like them, are going to be like that oh, first-round yeah. quarterback. Yeah, well, and I and I have a couple of late-round quarterbacks that I really love. Uh, we talked about these guys. Like, I really looked up some of these some of these players, which was interesting. Because you're from Hawaii or whatever? Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you he's going to go somewhere where he's going to be able to sit for a little bit, and then he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. I want him to go to a place like Pittsburgh where he can sit down for behind Big Ben because I don't think that Mason Rudolph's the answer there. And as much as we love the story of – I can't even think of his name off the top of my head right now. Devlin. Devlin Hodges. As much as we love that story, he's not, <laughs> I don't think he's an NFL starting quarterback. But I just think Cole McDonald will be great there. Uh, another guy that I like is James Morgan. Uh, he's a he's a he's he's got a cannon for an arm. Um, where did he go to college? Let me just check out this real quick. He went to... Do you want to know something really nerdy about why I was struggling so much with Easton's name? Because I kept thinking of Easton Stick. From our Madden. Yep. <laughs> um, but James Morgan uh, was an, the FIU quarterback, Florida International University, so it's a smaller school. Uh, but he's six foot four. He's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, I think somebody can get a hold of him um, and make him into into something really great. Okay. And then there's, uh, there's another guy that... Um, uh, Mina Kimes really likes she talks about uh, it's Anthony Gordon and he played for let me just I don't want to say this wrong I think it's Washington State but I don't want to be yes Washington State six foot three now the the fun story about Anthony Gordon is that he had a game where he threw the back breaking pick six at the end of the game to lose the game but then came back with like minuscule amount of time and threw the game winning touchdown so he's just he's one of those guys who's like lays it out all on the line and goes balls to the walls and sometimes it's really terrible but sometimes it's really good so I mean he's kind of like the Jameis Winston of this draft uh, but I mean he's a good kid too I just I think that he'll be a lot of fun like he said she said oh yeah right the backbreaking pick six with two minutes left and then led a forty-five second touchdown drive. Oh yeah! So it's just he he's got that he's got that uh, gunslinging Brett Favre in him. So those are a couple of quarterbacks that are going to go later in the draft that I think have chances to be really good. All right. Well, we're only a few days away. It's super exciting. So 
Uh, anything else you want before we sign off here? I'm pretty okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for sticking with us if you stuck through the whole two-hour episode. It's been a while since we've done that long of an episode, but it's okay. Uh, make sure that you're tuning in to our live coverage of the draft on Thursday night. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, Josh and I are going to wear suits. It'll be it'll be a blast, you know? You don't agree? What? You're not listening to me, are you? Nah, it's been two hours, man. <laughs> you and all your verbiage is too much. Follow our Twitter, follow our Facebook. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. <laughs>